Coming right up, a special edition of Straight Talk, Lessons of the BP Oil Disaster with former Justice Department trial attorney Dan Jacobs. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now, your host. Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight on the BP oil spill. Our guest is a real expert. Dan Jacobs is the director of the Masters in Sustainability Management Program at the Kogat School of Business Administration at American University in Washington, D.C., and he's a former federal trial attorney. Dan, welcome to Straight Talk. Thanks, Art. It's great to be here. I want to mention for the record that... Uh, uh, this show will focus on a very unfortunate uh, set of events involving BP. Uh, BP is also very active in the Long Beach community, doing a lot of very positive things. And we have uh, notified them about the show and invited them to appear on a, on a later show. Uh, Dan, uh, we met uh, uh, at a law conference in Palm Springs in February, and you delivered a very fine paper on this subject, and that triggered uh, the reason for your invitation to appear here. The uh, paper that you delivered was entitled Lessons of the BP Oil Disaster in the Gulf, Have We Learned or Only Failed? And uh, uh, it was a powerful paper, and uh, we want to explore some of your observations and conclusions uh, from the paper. So again, welcome to Straight Talk. We're very glad that you're here. And uh, the oil spill or disaster has been described as the worst offshore oil disclosure discharge in American history and one of the worst environmental disasters of our lifetime. You take issue with calling it a spill. Why? Yeah. Um, in, in fairness, spill is the technical term of art that we use to describe these types of events. But in actuality, it was a disaster. 
and practically it was not really a spill. You can spill milk in your kitchen. You can uh, spill your beer at a bar. You might even spill uh, a little fuel if you're filling your gas tank uh, carelessly. But this oil did not just spill. Um, this oil exploded from this well, and it went on and gushed for months and months uh, into the Gulf uh, beginning um, in April of last year uh, to the tune of four, at least uh, four million barrels, uh, as reported. Pr President Obama formed a commission to investigate the, uh, the root causes of the disaster, and uh, uh, the facts that uh, you will be uh, discussing are, are taken from that commission report. Tell us a little bit about the commission. Yeah, you're quite right. First of all, Art, um, I didn't investigate this particular disaster, um, but it's been thoroughly investigated by the President's Commission, and uh, I base uh, my um, conclusions and evaluation and analysis on the Commission's report um, and on the hearings that I attended. The Commission uh, was a bipartisan commission. It was formed by executive order of the President. Um, it was led by uh, Bill Riley, uh, former EPA administrator, a Republican, and former Senator Bob Graham, uh, a Democrat. So obviously it was a bipartisan commission, um, um, a blue ribbon commission, some very talented people as commissioners, and uh, on the staff as well. The executive director, for example, was uh, Professor Richard Lazarus of Georgia. So the commission uh, and its findings have a lot of credibility and, as you say, bipartisan uh, support. Let me just read from your paper, and then we'll ask you to comment on some of the findings of this presidential commission as to the cause of the, uh, uh, the well disaster. First, inadequate risk evaluation and management of late-stage well-designed decisions. Flawed design for the cement slurry used to seal the bottom of the well, which was developed without adequate engineering review. Third, negative pressure tests conducted to evaluate the cement seal at the bottom of the well identified problems but was incorrectly judged a success because of insufficiently vigorous test procedures. Flawed procedures for securing the well. Apparent inattention to key initial signals of the impending blowout and other such conclusions. A pretty damning uh, behavior uh, by a major... Uh, entity. I mean, BP is a world-class, I think, a fourth-largest industrial company in the world. And uh, discuss some of the findings uh, of the report. Sure. Fourth-largest transnational corporation in the world. So you might expect them to um, have the uh, wherewithal and the uh, talent um, and the incentive to um, not only be able to uh, do uh, oil exploration at these depths, 18,000 feet, as reported below the surface of, of the ocean, but also to be able to secure the well, secure the well when they're finished uh, with, with the drilling. Now, just for the record, exploring and drilling 18,000 miles, which is over... Feet, yeah. Feet, which is over three miles. I mean, that's a major technological accomplishment. Absolutely. I mean, we could, to be fair, we could, you know, call it rocket science, if you will. Um, but if you want to continue the metaphor, when, when we fly, when we get on an airplane, um, that's also rocket science to somebody like me who's not particularly adept in science. And we expect a certain 
uh, level of safety we expect to be able to get from the Long Beach Airport, for example, to Washington, D.C. safely. And we expect that the aircraft is going to be properly maintained and that it's going to be properly flown. And we're going to have people who are trained and knowledgeable um, flying the aircraft who are going to know what to do if something goes wrong. And we're going to have the technology and the redundancy in the technology to make sure that if something goes wrong, we can handle it. Well said. And in the next segment, we're going to look at three specific failures and analyze them. We'll be back with this great discussion after these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life, powered by Edison. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. This is Audrey Kerr, sharing with you just one of the 100 centennial moments we chose to mark this special occasion. Oil extraction in the harbor once caused the ground to sink by as much as 30 feet or more in some parts of the harbor. The solution to this subsidence, pumping salt water into the ground to keep it from sinking, is considered by all an engineering wonder. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. Continuing our discussion with expert Dan Jacobs, former Justice Department trial attorney and expert on the BP uh, oil spill. Dan, you highlighted uh, three of the six failures outlined by the commission. Inadequate design and testing the cement job that was used to seal the will. Blissful disregard of the negative pressure test used to evaluate the flawed cement job and the failure to detect signs of an impending blowout. In short, lots of human error. How did this happen with a company that large and that skilled? Well, uh, Art, as you, as you say, these are three of the uh, conclusions from the uh, commission's report. And um, I, I think if you, if you take a good look at the report, which is, is very thorough, very well done in my opinion, um, I think you have to come to the conclusion that at a certain level um, this event happened because of um, BP's priorities, um, their culture, um, and um, as the Commission says, a, 
an interest in uh, saving time and essentially saving money. That's the bottom line. All of those uh, um, causes save the company money or time. Well, well, certainly time in, in this context, and, and it's... Is you know, money. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, it's the proverbial time is money. Yeah. So, so your view is that uh, in real life, what happened is they were seeking to save money and or time, and that somehow pushed them to make these mistakes. Well, you know, I don't want to give you or your audience the impression that it's my opinion that it was just about money because I think it's a bigger picture art. I really do. I think money you know, was certainly part of, of the motivation here, but I really do think it's, um, it's a culture. This is an industry. Um, the oil and gas exploration in the Gulf um, results in approximately $150 billion in revenue on an annual basis. So we can't just say, you know, it, it, it's money. It's, it's really more about a mindset and, and a culture of, uh, to, to, to be as neutral as possible, inattentiveness to, to safety issues. Wow. Let's look at BP's history in other uh, incidents besides this. Uh, Congressman Markey, the chair of the House subcommittee that investigated the disaster, has said that BP, and this is a quote, has a long and sordid history of cutting costs and pushing the limits in search of higher profits. Can you tell us a little bit about BP's environmental legacy? Sure. If you look at, at uh, 2004, 5, and 6, there are a, a series of um, uh, mishaps, to put it mildly, at BP facilities. Uh, 2004 to 5 at its Texas City refinery in Texas, a uh, series of leaks, fires, explosions, whatnot, um, that resulted in, in, in one case in an explosion um, in 2005 where 15 people died. And um, pipeline leaks in Alaska, 2006. Um, these are mishaps that BP has been fined tens of millions of dollars for by the federal government, um, both in terms of civil penalties and criminal penalties. So that might be what um, Congressman Markey is referring to. And last September, there was a large, the largest civil penalty ever in a Clean Air Act case. Yes, that was um, the uh, settlement of um, $25 million. These are record-setting penalties, um, and that was uh, that particular one uh, goes back to uh, the 2006 uh, pipeline event that I referred to. But these, again, record-setting uh, civil Clean Air Act penalties and record-setting criminal Clean Air Act penalties for these uh, events. To the I guy described. in the street like me looking at this, you mentioned $150 billion coming in from the Gulf and more money from other areas these companies, BP and others, are making a lot of money extracting the oil. It's just hard to imagine to save a million there or a million there when they're bringing in billions that they would not go the extra mile for safety. I think it's a fair point, Art, which is why, again, earlier I emphasized it's not just about the money when, when you're talking about those sums. They can afford it, um, and there's just more to it 
than that. It's yeah. it's more of a mindset, and it and it's and it's more of a culture. Well, maybe this tragic incident uh, will be a wake-up call to the uh, uh, company and perhaps the industry. And in the next segment, we're going to ask Dan about where were the government regulators? Were they asleep at the switch? We'll be back with more of our show after these messages. Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh, no! All right, you little trout sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. Continuing our conversation with uh, expert Dan Jacobs. Dan, do you think the history, BP's history of violations will play a role in, uh, in what the Justice Department does vis-a-vis -vis BP going forward into the future? Absolutely, Art. Um, as I've intimated in the past, BP um, has, has really not um, complied with the law as, as it should have. And um, the Justice Department certainly will look at its history in that respect going forward, both on the civil side and the criminal side. And I, I need to make clear for your audience that the Justice Department is proceeding both on the civil side and on the criminal side. The Attorney General actually has um, announced in public that there is a criminal investigation of the PP disaster in the Gulf. And I think we can expect um, indictments to come down at some point in time it's only a question really of whether um, the indictments will be against uh, one or more companies and or one or more individuals or both. And just for the record, the Justice Department in December did file a civil suit against uh, BP, which sued Halliburton, which did the cement work, Transocean, which operated the rig, and Cameron, the manufacturer of the blowout preventer. So 
there is a debate among those involved as to it's kind of a finger pointing thing absolutely at a very high level absolutely and it's sort of classic what you what you saw in december was the justice department uh suing bp um and um and um bp sues the others yeah what it. happens next is uh this year you have bp suing um, Halliburton that, as you say, did the cement job in Transocean that operated the rig and camera and the blowout preventer manufacturer. So it's classic uh, finger pointing. Well, at the end of the day, should we, the public, have confidence that this, uh, this tragedy really uh, is not going to happen again? Well, you know, what history has taught us, if you look back to the late 1980s and the Exxon Valdez um, oil disaster, up off the coast of Alaska is that these uh, sort of worst case scenarios are cyclical. So um, one would have hoped after Exxon Valdez that we would not have had uh, BP in the Gulf last year, but we did. So I certainly don't have the confidence level yet that industry, or again, to be fair, government has made the changes that need to be made to make sure this type of thing doesn't happen again. You mentioned government. Uh, let me, because I've been teaching this for 20 years and I learned it at law school, that our government regulatory agencies often become captive of the industries they're supposed to be regulating. And no better example of that can be found than the former Mineral Management Service, part of the Department of Interior, that was supposed to be regulating uh, these uh, uh, entities and providing for uh, safety protocols and all, and clearly they were asleep at the switch, and in fact the agency has been uh, renamed and brought into another uh, configuration. That's true. Um, there seem to have been, uh, at least figuratively, people uh, asleep at the switch, both in, in the Gulf, uh, on the shore, and in Washington. But as you suggested earlier, when you're dealing at, at three miles down, and where accidents, should they occur, however rarely, could be catastrophic, you would think that there would be a safety protocol in place in the event that this unlikely event happened, and yet clearly the safety protocols were inadequate. Yeah, uh, another metaphor I like to use is uh, if you go to a hospital, if you go to an ICU unit, you've got all these uh, measurement devices, all these alarms that are set to go off if, if something goes wrong. And in fact, uh, alarms did go off. Um, there was data streaming in that showed something was going very wrong just before the explosion. Um, and uh, one of the things we have not learned yet is exactly, you talk about people being asleep at the switch. Where were the people, and you use the term figuratively, but we're at 9 o'clock at night on this oil rig or back in Houston if the data was being monitored back there as well. And again, I don't know, but... Uh, I'd like to see the investigation proceed in the direction, and I suspect it will, that the Justice Department conducts. Tell us, answer some of those questions. Why, you know, why was, were these uh, um, indications not picked up on that, like you would in a hospital room? Um, why, why didn't we see what was going on and do something? Well said, well said. We'll be back with the remaining portion of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. 
The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. We've come down pretty hard on BP in this show, and uh, uh, this incident uh, clearly was not their finest hour. Uh, and no one particular incident uh, encapsulates an entire history of a company or its activities. I know, as I mentioned at the outset, that BP is a very positive force in our community and uh, has done a lot of good things. Uh, I'm told they were the first company to cold iron a tanker so that uh, emissions are reduced and electricity is used to discharge the boat in the ports of Long Beach. So this is just one element of a very broad picture. And for the record, we have invited BP to come on the show uh, at a later time. But Dan, we want to thank you for your expertise in in this very sad episode and uh, give you a chance to give whatever concluding comments you'd like. Well, thanks, Art. Uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's been a real pleasure to be here in Long Beach with you. Um, and just to pick up on one last point, I want to say that the extraction industries do face a particular challenge in terms of sustainability. But I think one of the major lessons learned here is that they can and should do better. And you're at the Cogard College School of Business at American University, and you're the director of the master's program in sustainability. Yes, the MS in sustainability management. That's and that's right. the watchword going future. Everyone's interested in green and sustainability. That's right. And that should include our oceans and the, keeping the water clean. Absolutely. Oceans are one of the hottest topics these days in yeah. sustainability management. Well, thank you for being here in Long Beach all the way from... Washington, D.C., and we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. And thank you at home for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.